Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Speak On It. I'm Danny, one of your co-hosts, and today we'll be talking about the stressors of winter break and the holidays. But first, we're going to start with Rosebud Thorn. Rosebud and Thorn, a rose is something beautiful, a thorn is a pain, and a bud is something you're looking forward to. So my thorn... Um, it's been consistent technology issues, signing on to Zooms, for example, um, email issues at work, um, other technology transitions that are happening at the college I work at are really causing a thorn in my side. Um, uh, Rose, um, something that good that happened this week is I connected with um, a teenage child of one of my best friends from college who's interested in pursuing a career in psychology. So we had a really great conversation, about an hour and a half conversation on Tuesday, and I just really loved hearing a young person's desire to go out there and pursue the world of helping. Um, and then my bud, what I'm hopeful for is that we recently hired a new administrative assistant in the program I work at at Queens College, and that's uh, helping out our, our, our workload um, tremendously. My thorn this past week would probably be that I may or may not have slept through my classes on Wednesday. I think I was like just all like, of them. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, so no. for some reason. I, I don't know if it was just because I finished like all my midterms and I was just like super exhausted, but I accidentally slept through my whole class. Um, so the thorn is just having to make that up. Um, but a bud something that I'm hopeful for this week is going home and seeing my dog because I haven't seen her in a while um and then a rose something good that's happened this week uh, would be that I finally switched um colleges within my university to pursue a major that I'm more interested in so I switched from a biology major into computer science my thorn is I've just been like opening a lot this week at my job at this coffee shop. And like that means I like wake up super early in the morning and then take a train to Manhattan and then get home and like immediately take a nap. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is my last week at this job, actually, before I move on to my next one. And so I feel like it's just they're just really like piling it on me for some reason. I don't know. So but the I guess that's just the nature of the job. And then also like some mornings were actually pretty fun. Like the person I opened with, um, we just ended up having a lot of good conversations and just enjoying it. So that's probably just a thorn because it kind of threw off my sleep schedule. Um, but I've been like slowly like coming back to like a normal sleep schedule. Um, my rose is I went to the Brooklyn Women's Writing Group meeting on Monday um, and it just like completely exceeded all my expectations. It made me excited to write again. And I met some other cool people who were working on just like a diverse array of projects. And um, I was so like honored to get to hear some excerpts from what they were working on. So that was my rose. And then a bud is my cousin has a baby shower this weekend. So I'll be going there and people are like coming in from all over the place to come celebrate with her. So I'm excited for that too. So that's my bud. And then with that, we can move into our topic for the day, which is the holidays, winter break, and all the things that come up there um, for people and their mental health. Um, like for a lot of people, they like go home from school. And so just complete change of environment for like a month. Maybe we could talk about that first, because I know that's kind of like the like one model of it. Um, so like you're going home from campus. And so for a lot of people, that could be like 
done with classes, done with finals. Like, this is awesome. Like, now I'm going to get a break. And then I'm going to, like, have a new semester next in the spring. It's going to be, like, a clean slate, like, a whole new chapter. Um, And then it's just time off. And so, like, that could be, like, structured or unstructured. But for a lot of people, there are also many things they may miss about campus, um, such as, like, yeah, having, like, meal times where you, like, see your friends or classes where you see your friends or even, like, clubs, just anything, like, proximity to people that you're close with um, that you've, like, met at school. Um, so, and normally the holidays are a time to be with people that you're close with and that you love. And so sometimes you can't actually do that with all your friends from school. So that could be a big thing, too. I guess the question could be directed to you, Dr. Rivera, if you could maybe elaborate on some of those stressors that people, teenagers, yeah, yeah. students experience. Yeah, definitely. I think Danny um, did a great job naming some of the the main um, transitions or or things that kind of we have to go without when we're leaving our academic context, right? So our college or university setting, whether we're a commuter student or a residential student, oftentimes when when we transition semesters, we have that break, right? That winter break or that summer break. And <clears throat> that can bring about a lot of stress because of the lack of connection to those supportive networks, whether they're the friends or the system of people that work at the college or university, or just being in that setting that offers po- some people maybe some some support or some solace or just familiarity. But I often just think of anytime we have to go through any kind of transition, whether it's minor or big, that's often an indication that we should be thinking about how is that transition impacting us? And so in this case, you know, that transition to winter break, you know, it can be a relief, right, for many people, but it can also bring up stress. Um, I think that, you know, this week with the elections going on, um, we have, we hear lots of stories about families disagreeing over many things that relate to, to politics, right? And I think that that is a a stressor in and of itself for many people. How am I going to go back to my family that may or may not have or share similar views that that I that I currently have? Uh, for many people, um, college is a period of growth where people sometimes develop different views, different points of view, different um, different beliefs. Um, maybe different beliefs are added to their systems, and then they go home. And sometimes their family um, still has some of the same beliefs that that they had when they were there that may not be the same as that they now have currently. Um, I'm not sure if any of you can relate to that, but I know that I had some of those experiences when I was in college. And so what I often would do is sometimes mute myself or or, uh, edit myself when I went home. And that didn't always feel good, but I knew I was doing it out of um, kind of a self-protection. So I kind of just think about those those transitions and and what someone might be um, going without. And so I think specifically of those interpersonal connections, whether they're to other classmates or students or faculty or staff, or just the, the setting of that institution. I was wondering what what some of the experiences maybe you uh, the two of you may have had um, maybe going through some transitions like this where you've had to to leave a, a community for a short period of time. Um, I can go ahead and share some of my experiences. Um, so I actually go to school relatively pretty close to my home. It's probably like forty minutes away, so I go home somewhat often, but I know that sometimes during the holidays it can be a little stressful for me simply because there's like a lot of family members over and sometimes 
like my mental health may not always be like that great. So I wouldn't always be super jolly or cheerful during the holidays. And I would always get like a lot of comments being like, oh, you're like lacking the holiday spirit. Like, why aren't you smiling? Like everyone's here. And it's just like super tiring to kind of always have like a happy face on. And I guess like that's one of the reasons why I sometimes dread going home. I think what you had mentioned, um, Dr. Rivera, how you said sometimes you have to kind of like mute yourself and sort of just edit like what you say. I think I can, I share similar experiences where sometimes all I have to do is just, you know, smile and just kind of pretend to be happy. Mm -hmm. But what about you, Danny? Yeah, I guess in terms of like stresses, like just not having the same structure, I, I notice I will like sometimes find something to do or I'll be like, I have to have this like, I remember one winter break, I literally told myself, this is just so like, I feel like I don't know how many people can relate to this, but I was like, I'm going to wake up at 5am every day. So that way I can like work out and like read and like, just like be busy. And I couldn't like handle the fact that like, I wasn't supposed to be busy because it was a break. But I like had to do something to like feel like I was doing something. But that was just something funny I did one year. And I told my friend Melissa about it. And she's and I said, I'll wake up really early. And then I'll it, I don't know if it's working for me. And she's like, because you don't have anything to do. Like, why are you getting up that early? Like, that's not even that's not necessary. <laughs> it was just funny. Um, Now I, I find that like, I try to incorporate healthy habits like journaling or working out like I'm like as long as I do it a certain number of times a week or every day like I don't have to get up so early to do it but it's just good that I do it and take care of myself. Yeah both of you um, Danny and Kaylin make me think about um, the need for us to monitor our energy levels especially as we're making this transition and so part of the reason Kaylin I kind of relate to what you were saying when you're home and you don't have the energy that kind of matches the family spirit of the holidays that is kind of expected. Um, my mom knows even to this day, and I'm 46 years old when I go home um, and I'm two time zones away that I need a day by myself or a day in the home without any other relatives coming over or no expectations for me to do anything. Cause I am usually coming from a high stress work period. You know, my, as a faculty, my life kind of mirrors students in a way in terms of when we're most busy. And I need that time to relax and just be by myself in the context of my family home. And I have to communicate that to my mom though, so that my family doesn't think that I am purposefully trying to avoid people, but they know I need to recharge some. And then when, you know, Christmas Eve comes around or what have you, I can then be a fuller version of, of who I am. I think, you know, monitoring and honoring our energy levels are extremely important and can help us in terms of planning for what we're going to do when we enter into that holiday space, possibly with our families or another community that might not be the the, the school community that we're, we were used to for those those months preceding the holidays. What I'm hearing is that you're saying people who may not always have like a positive experience going home from where they're coming from it's a good idea to probably set boundaries for yourself in order to be a better version of yourself yeah definitely boundary setting and i would say regardless if someone feels that their home of origin is 
draining them or adding to their energies that um, just setting boundaries in general is helpful. Um, and I, and those need to be communicated as well. Right. I often um, uh, talk to people about boundary setting and they have a good idea of what their boundaries are. And then I ask them, well, have you communicated them? Like, well, no, I haven't. Well, then we can't blame oh, someone for crossing them if they don't know what they are to begin with. Right. As long as, you know, there, of course there are normative social boundaries that folks shouldn't, shouldn't cross. But if we have a, a boundary that's protecting us in some way, it's our responsibility to communicate that to those who we are expecting to kind of honor that boundary for us. For those individuals who may not always have, um, I guess, a support group or like a safe space to go during the holidays, like for those people who feel isolated, like they don't have like family to go to or friends to turn to. How do you think you can combat that loneliness that you get from the holidays? Because like the holidays are always associated with, you know, friends and families and, you know, just great times overall. But what if you don't have that friend or that family network? That's a great question, uh, Kaylin. I'm so glad that you brought it up because it is not always the case, right, that people number one, want to go home over their breaks, and number two, even have a place to go home outside of their campus. And so I think a, a few things. One, I think one of the, the resounding messages I hope to get across is that we can plan for these, right? When we know a transition is going to come up or a situation where that might cause us stress, let's not just wait for it to happen and just see what happens while it happens, right? Let's plan for it. Kind of the same um, logic that we use when we put a seatbelt on in the car before we start driving. We know there's a likelihood of getting into an accident, and so we put a seatbelt on. So let's kind of plan for this. And so if I know I don't have anywhere to go, I might be thinking in advance, where might some of my natural connections be? Maybe I can talk to a close friend and let them into what's going on for me. But I also think it's incumbent upon everyone, right, including us, to to ask our friends about their holiday plans. Um, and if we have the ability to, you know, accommodate someone with us, you know, to offer that seat at our table or even to bring someone home with us, if that's a possibility, I think, you know, just having these, these conversations um, um, kind of more transparently with our circles of friends and our, and our networks about, you know, holiday plans, the stressors that we're going to endure, that can open up a conversation that might, bring about some possible solutions for each other. It might just be a, a cathartic conversation to have just to kind of talk about the anxieties that we have related to the winter break and going home. Um, then it can also just uh, be a, a venue for us to kind of understand what the situations of our friends are like. You know, sometimes people might withhold information about what their home life is really like. And so I think, you know, as a good friend, I might want to um, ask about what that might be like. And again, offer um, that, 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 uh, that, ch that chair at our table or, or to bring them home with us. And then just to kind of maintain the connections, um, that we have, um, electronically as much as possible. I think that we, we have this resource, we have zoom rooms that we can use, we have texting and what have you, but sometimes we might need to be a bit more intentional about utilizing, um, those online connections when we're not together and checking in with one another, right? If I don't hear from someone, I'm going to Maybe I might want to check in with them to see how they're doing just to make sure things are okay. Taking advantage of like technology since we have it with us is like a great way to sort of connect with other people. When I had COVID, I was feeling pretty isolated in my room, but some of my friends, we would all hop on to like a Zoom room and we would play like Jackbox games <laughs> mm. and we were just like, like 
So just talk and chat, setting plans to sort of combat that loneliness in a sense, just like taking advantage of the situation or take control of the situation. Sometimes it's like hard to remember though that you're capable of changing your situation. What I think we have control over is sometimes how we interpret our emotions in our situation. And oftentimes when we don't include perspective into our situation, that's when our issues can feel much greater than they are. And so especially the winter break coming up, um, let's say I didn't have anywhere to go. I'm trying to plan. I can't find somebody. At least in my mind, I know, okay, this is one month right? This is four weeks or what what, what have you. I'm going to return back to school to my network. I can endure something for a period of time. But number two, I can then start thinking about, well, what, what are the ways I can stay connected? Like you said, Kaylin, to help kind of combat this, this loneliness. I think, you know, being proactive is another way that we can kind of take control. And like you mentioned, make some plans before you even leave. Let's just say, okay, on December 26th, let's, let's have a an online party with all our friends. We can talk about how the holidays went for us, help de-stress with each other. You know, I bet if one person offered that in their group, many people would probably hop on to that idea to have this kind of post-holiday uh, um, kind of chat session, de-stress session while we're at home. And so like building these things in as much as possible can be helpful. Building in um, activities into your schedule um, can be helpful, especially if you're, you're maybe you're not working or you're not taking classes, but trying to think about an activity you can put into your schedule every day to kind of get you out of your, your location. And so maybe going to a museum, going for a walk in the park, going for a walk in the neighborhood, something to get out to get you into kind of interacting with other people, even if you don't know them, just being around other people can sometimes um provide some kind of meaningful connection. I actually had another question about that's kind of related to the stressors of winter break. This is coming from a financial standpoint where sometimes I know that like some of my friends have shared with me that they would feel pressured or like they would feel really stressed out about giving gifts because sometimes it could be a bit of a financial burden. And I was wondering what you can do about it. I know something I did when I was younger in my friend groups, we would, the rule would be you had to make it, right? You had to make it. And then there was often a cost limitation, but we often thought that, okay, making it with low cost things or things that we already have available. I think getting creative about how we do these, this idea of gift giving, because it has become very capitalized, right? In, in this yeah. country, especially where it's often like, you know, the bigger, I, the bigger cost items are the things that make the most difference. And that's not really the case. I'd much prefer something that someone put some time and thought in, even like um, a baked good gift exchange or or something like that, or even just a, a time to get together and share um how we feel about each other, even like in a, maybe even a card that we circulate about each other and write, you know, our feelings and and uh, maybe uh, um, accolades that we have for each other, um, appreciations that we have for each other. Um, I think, you know, thinking out of the box in terms of what does it mean to really give and and receive and what are we really looking to communicate via that action? I often think it's care and love, right? And there's so many ways of demonstrating care and love for other people. I think it's a really cool idea to set a rule where you have to make that gift. I think that's something that could be really special, especially when I think there's like a whole TikTok trend or like social media trend where 
the saying of being like a material girl was like really popular. Material girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making a gift is always like pretty special to know that someone's like putting time into it. My friends, they we would share like poems or like we would like share short stories. I don't know. We were kind of like very into literature. <laughs> but yeah, I think that gift giving can also just be like something simple as like spending time with a person mm -hmm. or just words of affirmation. So I'm really into like handwriting cards and stuff. I never really was fond of store-bought cards. And I would always handwrite a birthday card or like a holiday card to my best friend. And he actually shared with me not too long ago. He was like, I don't actually really like cards. I prefer people orally telling me like what they want to say rather than in writing and I was really shocked I was like oh my goodness <laughs> but I think it's like knowing someone's love language just like with your friends is also really helpful to know what they like and what they don't like I know I love when I get stuff like that like I, I'm definitely a words of affirmation girl like I really love that kind of stuff I love cards my whole family actually really likes cards and we keep them for a long time I don't know when I when you said your friend didn't like written things I was like maybe he doesn't like all that pressure that's very true no I any handwritten card I get I have boxes you know I, I already disclosed my age so by this time I, I I keep them they're so special those words are so special to me and I have some that are actually one card in my living room has been up for two years <laughs> that's how special it is to me um, but I, but I think, I think the point that Danny and Kayla and both of you have made is like knowing what kind of drives or, or inspires who, who's in your group will also help us to know what kind of, how to appreciate them, right? Is that a, is that a phone call? Is that a, even a text? Is it a written card? Is it making a meal together? Right? All those things are so meaningful. And I think even these days, people are really appreciating the time that we're able to spend with each other. I find yeah, time is a valuable gift. I yeah. remember one of my best friends told me to do something with a person, you're giving them something that you can't get back. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Beautifully said. Yeah, no, exactly. That's like the one thing that you can't. You give a physical gift and it breaks, you can often replace it, right? But that time is a memory that's now embedded in our minds. But I think that perfectly kind of wraps up um, our topic um for today and before we end i was wondering if we can all share our main takeaway well i would say plan for the transition and use that for any transition but especially for this winter break transition plan for it think about what's going to be a possible stressor and think about what is something that i can do to take care of myself during that stressor so really planning for your self care whatever that looks like um but just making sure that you're planning for it I think my main takeaway is the whole gift thing. Like, don't get like intimidated by like how much it would cost to like buy every single one of your friends like a Gucci bag. Be more creative. <laughs> Put some thought into it. Imagine their face like when they open the card or the present. They really appreciate it. So I think it's a great time of year to show your friends and family how much you care about them and how much they mean to you. And then I think my takeaway is to communicate what you need, to set boundaries, to take care of yourself and to ultimately enjoy the holidays and communication is just pretty important especially when other people around you might not know what you're going through but if you tell them and you're being transparent about what you need 
then you can, well, most likely your overall holiday experience might be a lot better. Thank you, Dr. Rivera, for joining Danny and I on this Week on It podcast. We really appreciated your time and your input for today's episode. Well, thank Thanks. you both for having me here. And I wish you both all the best as you both transition and, and navigate the holidays this season. And with that, we will see you all on our next Week on It episode.